Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. There's no doubt the last 15 months have been extremely trying for all of us here and around the world. Maybe the pandemic has caused a shaking of your spirit. Maybe it's challenged you in ways you couldn't anticipate. First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun has a word that can help. Here at First Pres, we try to talk about real issues and give pretty real answers. Uh, it's good to t- have straight talk. And I was talking to a friend uh, this past week. I asked her how she was doing, and she said, it's a dry season. Sometimes you just go through a dry season. Your soul is parched, your hope is shriveled, your future looks forlorn. It's a dry season. And your prayers may seem weak or timid or not confident. It's like Julie Lockyer's church daily devotional this past week where she wrote, sometimes we go through an extended drought and like a well that isn't getting filled, our spiritual life starts to dry up. She wrote, I'm not feeding my soul the way I should. I need to dig deeper to fill up with God's living water. So she did. Indeed, it's a dry season for many of us where your voice is hoarse from praying and pleading to God, what should I do? What should I do? It may be hard for us right now as individuals. Sickness, loss of a loved one, loss of a job. Now, Hear this in our Bible passage for today. What would it be like, not for an individual, not for one person, but for an entire nation to be going through a time of dryness, a desert of burning disappointment? It's about a nation called Israel that has been beset by fires, political battles, wars, racial prejudice, maybe even disease. Sound familiar to what we're going through? Around 600 BC, Israel faced a dry season. Why? Because decades earlier, the Babylonians had overrun the Israelites. They took the nation of Israel captive and moved them to their place. And they destroyed their temple, put it on fire. They laid waste to their cities and land. And the Israelites became strangers in a strange land. Indeed, It was a dry season for Israel, almost like a skeleton people, a faint reminder of what they were like. They were like a dead nation living with the poorest of the poor. Where was the hope from God? But it came finally in a person of a prophet. Enter Ezekiel. He was a prophet from God to give hope and perspective to his people during this dry season. He lived with about 10,000 Jewish exiles in Babylon in a settlement along a river called Shevar, in a place called Tel Abibi, about 100 miles south of Babylon. Ezekiel was about 30 years old when God chose him to speak to his people. So let's hear it for the millennials. He knew of the corporate country demise, and he lived it. He also knew of a personal loss as his wife died during his ministry. But now, God gave him a word for his people. It's a strange but picturesque word. It had to do with the dry season Israel was going through. 
and we can read about this prophecy God gave him in a Bible book named after Ezekiel in the 37th chapter. And here's what it says. So if you're able, please stand out of respect for God's word in your homes, in your kitchens, in your offices, living rooms, at the beach, in the park, wherever you are, if you're able and so desire as I read this for us all. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of, a, of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath in you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me, and suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley, and the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I watched as muscles and flesh formed over the bones, and then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you like Pentecost and you will live again and return home to your own land then you will know that I the Lord have spoken and I've done what I said yes the Lord has spoken this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God please be seated golly you read a passage like this and you think the Lord should be like a film director I mean, there's so much drama and activity and some symbolism and metaphors. And then the Lord was saying through Ezekiel to his people, yes, I know you're going through a dry season. You are like dead bones. You have nothing on you. You are brittle and can shatter at any time, but hang in there. And God gave Ezekiel a vision, who in the vision was taken to a valley filled with dry bones. And I believe it's a vision for us Today, can you picture that in your mind, a, a valley f filled with scattered 
human bones. Gross. Piles and piles, maybe miles and miles of scattered bones. And the Bible says they were completely dried out. They were, weren't a little dry. It says that they were completely dried. They were very brittle. Now, have you ever felt that? Completely dried out. Bandwidth of the mind overextended, no more ram space, exhausted, overwhelmed, overwrought with worry or anxiety, depressed, dry, spiritually. I told you all years ago when we left one denomination to move to another, I was spent. I didn't even want to get out of bed. I was exhausted and depressed. My tank was empty. Felt I was obedient, but felt like after a long marathon race, I was collapsing just barely past the finish line. Have you all been there ever? But then God says to Ezekiel, I'm going to breathe my spirit into you. I will make you rise again. That's the phrase God used, rise again. You may feel you are down for the count, knocked down, but not knocked out. But God is saying you will rise again. And oh, yes, the people say, our hope is gone. Our nation is finished. And Ezekiel says, God asks, can I make them a living people again? And Ezekiel says, you alone know the answer to that. That's right, says the Lord. That's right. So watch and hear this. And it starts off with a sound. Can, can you hear it? It's a sound of rattling. Creepy, but kind of cool. A rattling one. Bones are like moving, clicking together, rattling the rattle of hope and life. And the bones start coming together. Like that old spiritual song written and composed about in the 1920s um, of this passage of scripture by those brothers, James Weldon and James Rosamond Johnson, entitled Dem Bones. You know the song? Dem Bones. The song tells us what God did in that vision how the toe bone connected to the foot bone and the foot bone connected to the heel bone and the heel bone connected to the ankle bone and the ankle bone connected to the shin bone and the shin bone connected to the knee bone. You're right. And the knee bone connected to the thigh bone and the thigh bone connected to the hip bone and the hip bone connected to the backbone and the backbone connected to the shoulder bone and the shoulder bone connected to the neck bone and the neck bone connected to the head bone. Now hear the word of the Lord. And then the chorus goes, dem bones, dem bones, gonna walk around, dem bones, dem Okay, that's enough. So hear the word of the Lord. And then when all the bones connected, God put flesh, he put skin in the game and tendons and muscles and yes skin around them and they became alive in god what an awesome bobossum vision from god okay so what's the point of this passage what's the takeaway dan okay here it comes three big takeaways numero uno admit this is a dry bones time number two Understand, quote-unquote, necessary endings. Number three, need to be born again. Bones, born to live again. Okay, first, 
Admit this is a dry bones time. Humility is a good thing. When we can admit to others that it's a dry season, that we have weaknesses, then God can speak into our lives because when we try to just keep up a good front, whether to people or in prayer, then God can't fully work with us. I mean, my goodness, read the Psalms. King David, one of the most macho, macho men in the Bible, a warrior, a king, the same guy who wrote the Psalms for kingdoms after him to read, he admitted, confessed, was transparent about his struggles in life. Like in Psalm 69, where, where he wrote, for all to know, save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink to the mire. I can't find a foothold. I'm in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. I'm exhausted from crying for, for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. Those who hate me without cause outnumber the hairs on my head. And many enemies try to destroy me with lies, demanding that I give back what I didn't steal. Oh God, you know how foolish I am. My sins cannot be hidden from you. Wow, when's the last time you heard a CEO say that? Humility, vulnerability, transparency, and notice even a confession of sin. We need to be real with our friends and with God, especially when we're hurting. It's more than okay to say, I need help, I need wisdom, I need guidance. And yes, I'm not as strong or as wise as I'm trying to project. It's important to always live in the true self and not the false self. It takes a lot of time to project the false self, that I have all the skills that I need, I'm always strong, I have no problems, I'm, I'm confident, I know what to do, I never say I'm sorry. No, let's strive to live in the real self the true self, and let people know who we really are. Both the false self and the true self will take a lot of time to work on. Think about that. It takes a lot of effort to fake it, to keep up the false front. So why not use that same amount of energy and effort to instead present the true self, the real self? Second point, understand necessary endings. And here I want to highlight and talk about a book by Henry Cloud called Necessary Endings. This is a Sunday where for the very first time we're not only back in person for worship, but we're projecting our services, live stream to many of you out there, and um, live and in real time to people all over the world. And yes, people can always see the recorded version sometime by Monday noon uh, or by the afternoon on our website. To get ready for today, we really had to pivot and change, and many things had to end. Some things uh, were good things that had to be put aside, but some things were rituals that had to be changed. And endings are a part of life. We may not like endings, but that's how it is. Life is all about endings and beginnings, and there were a lot of endings for us this last year. For some, ending of a job. Um, ending of free movement to go as, wherever as you please. 
ending of being able to go without a mask. Um, we saw the endings of some of our favorite restaurants. And from, for some of us, we grieved or despaired or rebelled against endings. But endings is a part of life. And some were necessary endings. They just had to end, and we have to accept that. For you and me, we have to understand, as for necessary endings, that as Dr. Henry Cloud says, the good cannot begin until the bad ends. And during this pandemic season, there have been some good things that have surfaced that were not good about ourselves, and we have to face that and see that they may, must be taken care of. For some of us, we realized we were just watching too much cable news or just listening to one point of view on the news or watching too much YouTube or Netflix or Hulu or Paramount Plus, Prime Video, whatever. And I have challenged us in the past that by the time the pandemic ends, I hope our greatest achievements in this last year and four or five months um, are not, golly, I saw more TV than ever before, or I watch more TV news than ever before. But I hope we use that time to go inward and grow spiritually and to know God more and get stronger emotionally, spiritually, physically, and maybe to have read the Bible more than ever, or pray more than ever, just get to know God better. And that's why some of you are here today. I hope that we were able to come to grips about what is our faith about, and what is our passion in life really about, especially when there's so much suffering, and what is our mission or service for the community really about, or is everything still all about me? Some of that selfishness or that narrow way of thinking was hopefully jettisoned at some point when we were tested beyond our limits. Honestly, did we run to God or to drink or to pornography or to watching TV? Did we read the Bible more or did we watch more political feeds more? Which, got, which one got more hours? We still have an opportunity as hopefully the pandemic is being lessened that we can grow more and remove more bad. But when things got tough, did the tough get going? Did we serve more or did we curl up more and ignore God and his word? This is a time for bad habits to die and the good cannot begin until the bad ends. Necessary endings, Dr. Cloud would say, there can be in our lives a, a pruning, a, a growth depends on getting rid of the unwanted or the superfluous. Dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones will remain dry until we get rid of the unnecessary in life. Cloud says the good cannot begin until the end, the bad ends. You know, as a simple example, years ago when I was playing tennis, I found my arm and my hand hurt so much. And then someone suggested, hey, Dan, you need to hold the racket more loosely, especially when you were waiting to hit the ball. Why were you holding the racket so tightly, like when you're waiting for, for the serve? And I didn't realize I was doing that. I was like totally unconscious. And like, you're a tennis player, so you know, don't do that. 
And I never realized that I was doing that. So a bad habit that can cause more stress and pain in my life. So I stopped doing that. And the looser grip got me more ready for, obviously, the back end or the forehem and the challenges that were to come. Sometimes when we want to control things more than we should or, in a sense, hold the racket of life more tightly than we should, it causes stress and pain and inflexibility. And the fact is we can't control all the circumstances in our life. Only God can, so don't try to take his job because guess what? We'll never get it. The Lord will never abdicate his throne and we shouldn't try to overthrow it. As it says in the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 3, there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh. And I realize some of you have lost loved ones this past year and um, you don't feel that was a necessary ending unless there was tremendous suffering. But know God is with you in your grief and he desires to help and heal. So just to recap the points I've covered so far, admit this is a dry bones time, understand necessary endings, and now the final point, point. we need to be born again. That's the phrase Jesus um, says in the Gospel of John. We need to be completely born again on how we view life, especially in the midst of a pandemic. We are coming out of it. Has our faith gotten stronger or weaker? And if, God forbid, a variant should hit our islands, are we going to go back to like square one of despair? Or what have we learned that will make us smarter or stronger, more resilient? Or are we going to run around and say, oh no, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. How are, we, how are we going to model to others that we can be strong in God? We're back worshiping in person, and I want our church to stay strong. And in order to do that, we need to be born again, transformed. We've gone through a lot of pain in this last year or so. As Rick Warren says, sometimes we say, God, look how big my problem is. But we should say instead to the problem, look how big my God is. Maybe we need to repent that, God, we really need to trust you more. The fact is that without Jesus, we are dead. We are dry bones. We need to be born again with a new life in Christ. And part of our spiritual pivot towards health and towards God and more strength has to do with obedience. Can we trust and obey God more? You know, now and then I talk about my dogs, Max and Molly. They really have two different um, personalities. There they are. But what I want to tell you, for you all, in your Christian walk, you need to be more like Molly and less like Max. Now, what do I mean? I walk our dogs every day. And sometimes Max gets a burr in his paw. And I put him in my lap, and he knows that I love him and feed him and desire to protect him. But when I try to remove that burr in his foot, he tries to bite me. 
He squirms, he growls, he snarls, he pulls his paw away from me, and somehow he thinks I will hurt him more by pulling out the painful burr. It can take forever to get that thorn or burr out. Molly, on the other hand, when she has a burr in her, she looks at me with those big eyes, relaxes in the face, and trusts that I will pull out the burr and it is for her own good. She doesn't bite me. She doesn't pull her paw away from me. It's almost like, here's my foot, Dad. Take the burr out. She's calm, and I can help her within seconds. Even when the nurse took her for surgery recently for her leg, as in this picture, um, she went willingly, maybe a little apprehensive as she was being taken away from Pam, but she trusted the nurse and clung to her like a koala bear. But Max, with Max, it's a battle. He wiggles and bites, and often I say, Pam, I need help. Can you take this burr out? Mac needs to trust me or else he will live in more pain. And I think for many of us in our relationship with God, when pain comes, when when a burr or thorn comes into the flesh of our face, we squirm and we doubt and we fight back when God is trying to take care of us. God the healer is trying to help us, but we might complain, why me? Or we think God is the cause of our pain and we can't trust him. We have to be still so that he can help us. We have to trust him. Be a Molly, not a Max. And when God told Ezekiel that Israel is like dead bones, it's also a judgment that during the exile time in Babylon, his people did not necessarily trust him more. They didn't love more. They didn't serve more. They complained more. And if we did that during the last 14 months, we may have some repenting to do too. Are we the dead bones? You know what creates dead bones, by the way? In medical terms, it's called avascular necrosis. It's the death of bone tissue due to a lack of blood supply. Sometimes it's called osteonecrosis. And when this condition occurs, there can be tiny little breaks in the bone, and the bone eventually collapses. Or worse yet, the bone, uh, yet a broken bone can interrupt the blood flow to an area of the bone. To turn the tide, we need more blood in our bones. Yes, blood. Now, remember what Jesus said, as we often quote him during communion, every time you drink of this cup, which represents his blood that was shed for our sake on the cross, he says, do so in remembrance of me. In in the Gospel of Matthew, at at the very end, in the 26th chapter, Jesus said, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He was saying, in essence, don't forget, you need my blood in your system. Jesus is the blood we need in our bones. Everyone, everyone needs his blood in our bones. And the the way to get, um, or his blood in their bones, the way to get to heaven is that in following him, we have his blood in our system. We need to be, in a sense, born again with his blood. And when we commit our life to Christ, our whole life changes. New purpose, new power, new love. In a blood transfusion, you probably know this, you better have the right blood type in, in coming into you or you die, you make. 
And in the real world, the real spiritual world, it is Jesus' blood and his blood only in your system that is the best and is the requirement to get into heaven. At the pearly gates, you're asked, not for your temperature, yes, you what's your blood type? They want to know if you're in Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm the blood. And if you have his blood in you, meaning if you have his Holy Spirit in you, then you are saved and helped and healed and can be made stronger and more resilient. And that begins with you saying, Jesus, be my Lord. I will follow you. You're going to be the, the North Star, the main focus of my life. Everything I do, socially, business-wise, family-wise, I want to go through the grid of you, Lord. If it then makes sense that in the Bible, there's this key verse in um, a book called Romans in the 10th chapter, in the 9th verse. It says, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And at that point of confession, the Holy Spirit starts flowing into our lives. On this Pentecost Sunday, we remember that in our Ezekiel passage, them dry bones of our life can be revived. For God said in the 14th verse, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I've done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. So, let me close with a song that puts it all together. Lauren Daigle is a super pop star who has succeeded in the crossover from doing Christian songs that make it into the mainstream. And Lauren has not had an easy life. Uh, when she was 15 years old, she contracted a virus, not COVID, but something called uh, cytomegalovirus. Um, it's a, a virus related to chickenpox and, and infectious mononucleosis. It was so serious for her that she had to be homebound for two years, two years, so that her weakened immune system would be protected. And if you thought staying home uh, these last 15 months due to COVID, except for going shopping, imagine not, a, um, imagine not going out at all, including sh shopping uh, for two years. No schools for her, no restaurants, no walk in the park, nada. So, her, her mom signed her up for voice lessons so that she wouldn't get depressed. Somehow that was allowable. And guess what happened? She fell in love with singing. She had a gift for it, it turned out. And she said, quote, it became my healing. From that space, that's where those songs come from. I feel like that experience, I could live a lifetime off of just those two years. Wow out of a necessary ending, good came out of bad. The necessary ending of her freedom to then being home all the time allowed something good to happen. And, and by the way, not only has she just loved singing for singing's sake, her recordings have won two Grammy Awards, seven GMA Dove Awards, five Billboard Music Awards, two American Music Awards, and it has four number one singles on both the Billboard Christian Airplay and what is called the Hot Christian Songs Chart. She wrote and recorded a song, get this, called Come Alive, 
dry bones. Like God who spoke in Ezekiel, she asks in the song that God's breath might breathe into our dry bones. And I thought this would be a fitting close to this sermon. Lord, I believe that in your providence, in your will, that you wanted each and every person online to be watching today or to be here in person at our campus. And there are some here, Lord, who for maybe is a time to rededicate their life in a prayer. And there may be some that this might be really a first-time commitment to say, Lord, if you are who you say you are, then come into my life. And I do want to be born again. And I do want to be a fully devoted follower of you. I want to turn over a new leaf. And so, Lord, I'm going to lead our people in a prayer now. And for those who may, maybe have never made this prayer of commitment before, if they could just follow me in the silence of their hearts as I pray with them, saying now, Lord, if you are who you say you are, then please come into my life and I will follow you to the best of my ability that you will be my Lord in finances, in social life, in service, in family. And Lord, thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for coming into my life. Send your Holy Spirit and fill me just as it happened in Pentecost or what you promised to Ezekiel. Fill me with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And for those who once made a commitment, but today is kind of a, a recommitment, a, a rededication. May those just say a short prayer with me, just saying, Lord, I want to recommit my life. I want to have greater focus on you. I want to go all out for you. I want more filling of your Holy Spirit. And I want to be more like Molly and less like Max and trust you. For those online, if you prayed those prayers, especially for the first time ones, there's a, a button on your screen that says, I commit my life to Christ. And, and you can hit that now if you might. And also a button say, I want prayer. And someone will come alongside of you and, and pray with you. Whether you made that first time commit or not, people are there to pray with anybody who has a request. And here in person, Lord, on our campus, there's no button to press, but since eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I ask that those of you who might have prayed that prayer in your heart, either first time or rededication, 
If you could just slip your hand up, and I, as your friend and pastor, will confirm that before the Lord, because it's always good to have it confirmed. And so if you might want to slip up your hand just now to show of your new commitment and dedication. Lord, you know our hearts here on campus as well as online. Bless those richly for those who made that decision. And may they feel your presence and your love and the warmth of the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. And now, if you may stand, I'm going to close with a blessing, a benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your hearts the wonderful love of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And indeed, may you live like Molly's and not be maxed out in your stress. In Christ's name, amen. Wow, we did it. Our first live uh, stream worship in the history of the church. Uh, If you're here in person, please wait for some um, final instructions, so please have a seat. If you are watching online, thanks for joining us today, and we hope you'll join us again next Sunday, and please know that you'll be able to watch the service again at your convenience anytime after Monday at noon, or you can tell a friend um, after we post it about our website, on our website. And also for you online, uh, please remember that we have what are called virtual connect groups. And right after uh, we sign off, um, hit the button and you can go into a a group uh, to join others in Zoom for a deeper discussion of the sermon. So to you online, um, God bless, aloha, as we say, see you later, ahui ho, and I will see you hopefully next week. Goodbye. Aloha. We all go through seasons as we go through life. A season of dry bones can give way to a life filled with hope as long as we latch on to Jesus Christ and put our trust in Him. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from our First Prez websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. In-person worship has resumed, but in limited capacity. And there are two live services at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Yes, these are brand new times, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. If you'd like to participate in live worship, you'll need to sign up through the website on a weekly basis. And both services will be streamed live on the church websites. Once again, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Continue to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, daily devotionals, and registration for in-person worship. If you have any questions or needs, you can always reach the church through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2021 and produced by the media ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.